Hey team, Ben Tringove here. Welcome back to another episode on the Human Source Codex with co-host Kelly Stewart. In today's episode, we go into the topic of what's called entanglement at a distance. So this is when we start going down the rabbit hole a little bit when it comes to um, the fir- in, in terms of quantum entanglement and the quantum realm, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, that kind of thing. And uh, we kind of go all over the show, which is, which is our usual way. But the easiest kind of way of explaining what's coming up is just like when you walk into a room or you walk past someone, we have these sayings like that person gives us a bad vibe or a bad energy or um, that is that feeling of what's actually happening at the quantum level, this quantum entanglement at the subatomic level. So I won't be able to do it justice kind of explaining it now, that's what the episode is for. So we'll cue the theme song and we'll go dive deep and we'll get into it. So the big question is this, how do truth-seeking entrepreneurs like us sift through the gurus and teachers that persuade us through hype by promoting half-truths? How do we as inspired individuals raise our awareness so we can access ever greater levels of achievement and fulfillment? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ben Trengrove and welcome to the Human Source Codex with co-host Kelly Stewart. Today, Kelly and I are going to jump into a, um, a fascinating topic, and Kelly is about to come alive. We're about to go balls deep down the rabbit hole. Who knows where we're going to go? But it's on the topic of um, I asked Kelly if we could go into entanglement at a distance. Now, for those that are a little bit more abstract, we'll probably start to know where this is going. And for those that um, haven't heard around anything like quantum physics or the quantum world, will be a bit lost. So I I asked Kelly's permission before jumping on here if we could unpack things a little bit so we can get as many people trying to understand this topic as possible. So, Kelly, we're... Morning, Benji, and thank (laughs) you for for bringing on such a, you know, enlightening topic, you know me. I love this stuff, like, absolutely. And for those who are watching on video, this is Toby, who's now entangled with me. (laughs) And um, perhaps we just start with a couple of um, defining or definitions. So when we look at entanglement, or when I say entanglement at a distance, what does that mean to you, Kelly? Well, I can't really give you a short answer on that one, but let's just say that it's like, um, if you go back to listening to a lot of the podcasts, I talk about hermetic principles, right? And to simplify it, we could say that it is the principles of correspondence and the law of polarity and the all within the all too. So this encompasses um, the aspect of simplifying quantum entanglement or spooky action at a distance, or you could say the tension between the opposites, right? So, or we could say that it is the integration of opposites. We can also say that nothing is separated, that all is entangled, all is integrated, that it's just our perception that actually creates the separation in terms of forms. I knew you would go somewhere there like there. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> okay. No, I'm, you know I'm me, gonna... I can't hold back when it comes yeah. to this kind of stuff. I, and this is why I love you, Benji, because you've got to keep me in. No, you're not going to keep me in any way, shape or form. No, your body's keeping you grounded with all your injuries at the moment. 
Yeah, That'll totally. And we will bring that into this. And that's a lovely phenom phenomenon that I want to be able to actually talk about, like the, sure. the tension between opposites in terms of our physiology, right? Yep. And, um, and how our body is actually playing a role in keeping us whole and balanced. Yes. 100%. So, okay, I've got, hit a little bit of a download as far as an analogy. So as far as um, where we can also start on this is you know when you walk into a room with a group of people or you walk past someone or a lot of people know the term when they say oh that person's giving off a bad vibe or oh, they're a good vibe right and we can also look at vibe being short for essentially it's vibrations so and, and that's then another term for energy so someone's giving off a bad energy good energy most of us kind of comprehend that so i was saying to you kelly the other day you know when i was um around uh dad and i'm helping with some with him helping him with some things at the moment i said to you man like i'm really taking on his energy so i'm feeling this real this tension and i said oh i wonder if the further you are away from someone or closer at at what point do you pick up someone's energy is it if i'm right next to them is it if i'm in the next room is it the same city so perhaps we can start there for my own selfishness. At what degree do you pick up someone's vibe or energy? How close or dis close or distant? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I know you have thoughts on that. Have you got any <laughs> hypothesis on that? Again, Ben, you're looking for a finite answer, which is not able to be uh, conceptualized in the, in the format that you want me to actually give okay. that to you, right? Uh -huh. So let's, let's potentially look at what you were saying. So when you're in your father's space like, and you're picking up on his energy and you're feeling what you perceive is, is his energy, right? Yes, is, right. There, there, there is an element of like half-truth in that. But I, from my experience of what is actually going on in that proximity is, is that you're playing a polarity to to something inside of you that's not conscious to you, right? And so there's this, there's this biological feedback that is inside of you, but also outside of you. So mm -hmm. we, we have to look at vectors and <laughs> vector, vector directions and the magnitude of these vectors, right? And um, so we could look at it in, yes, your father may be having some form of uh, polarity energy going on within him in terms of his perception, whether he's actually under stress. And yes, you'll be picking up on that by feeling that wave vibration or that frequency vibration. And with the training that you have, you probably give it a label in some form like shame or guilt or depression or anxiety, you know, around that as a particular feeling that you're feeling into your own feeling body. Now, inside of you then is a feedback loop that is occurring to something that is unintegrated with inside of you, right? So in essence, he's reflecting or he's expressing the repressions that are unconscious or subconscious to you. So it's bringing you into a state of awareness of, of potentiality of unintegrated components within you that you haven't learned to love yet, right? Great. That's where I was hoping you'd kind of go with it. And, and for those that got what Kelly just said or on the same path, then kudos to you. For those that aren't, what I picked up from that, and which makes more sense now, Kelly, is that when you said, 
when you're around around him unconsciously you're picking things up so this is when the reflective awareness is kicking in mm-hmm. but it could be at an unconscious level and then you see well you, you're picking up on his vibration a wave a wave so to speak however these receptors that we have on the outside on the inside of our body um it can be visual so this is when we pick up body language that can be also reflective awareness no and then your mm-hmm. auditory or the main senses but then we've got at the cellular level you know this is where i probably learned from you that i in my naivety i was like oh yeah we've got six senses and you're like well actually we've got over a hundred you know from photoreceptors on the on the skin to a bunch of others that i don't actually have a list of so it's that what that which we are picking up in the form of vibrations and energies is that we're picking up someone's body language and if someone's frowning a certain way is that something from a past memory that we haven't integrated which is causing us to, to react to it this is what you're referring to in some sense is that would that be accurate yeah i guess it, that is that is the first form of feedback right that um, we're going to actually pick up certain things within our senses right we can we can call that um entanglement in some form right in in terms of a feed feedback loop to us right um so it is having that awareness in terms of our sensory component we've discussed this before that the body actually has 122 different senses not just five right and when when we can actually integrate all of those particular things then we become whole so that that may be a little bit confusing um but it is having the ability to have this overview effect and be able to perceive and observe and witness, but have the understanding that there is no separation between particles and antiparticles. It's only our perception that separates them, right? So we, if we want to look at unpacking this a little further, we have to go into quantum entanglement in terms of like quantum mechanics and like quantum particles and what's what's actually happening between those particular things right Mm -hmm. (laughs) well let's start breaking it down the form of it at a cellular level though so we have we have body our body structure right how we see each other but then the body is made up of different subparts you know we've got eyes organs down to the tissues, down to the cells, and the Kelly takes over, you know. So, so when we get to the cellular level, how do we start to explain the further levels down we go? Well, as as- we can we can go even further into like the cell is mm-hmm. probably what we perceive as being the smallest particle within inside of us, but then we go inside of a cell. And I sent you a video the other day to actually watch that, which is such a beautiful understanding of what is actually going on inside of us at a cellular level, the mm-hmm. inner workings of the living cell. And I, you know, go and YouTube that. It's probably... How about minutes. I put that in the, in the show notes, Kelly? Well, I think that would be a fantastic idea because I, when you watch that, Ben, did that actually bring you into an even greater understanding like at such a microcosm inside of the cell what is actually going on in there mm, mm. i had seen i had seen some cellular videos before but it is um it's a great reminder to really just get almost get a refresher because it's not something that you kind of look at every day unless you're a, a biochemist or you, that's actually your field you know 
Yeah, but it's also bringing them to that awareness that at that micro level, there is so much that is actually going on, right? Totally. And we realize that um, there's a whole other life inside of us that is completely unconscious to us that's taking place. But then when we start to actually research and, and go search, you know, like have an understanding of what's going on, then, you know, there's some, I believe that there's something that we can do. Then we can tap into that because we do have an awareness of how those particular working aspects of those so-called unconscious components inside of us at that micro level. And then when, when we can do that, we're entangling our perceptions and our thoughts and our belief systems directly to that particular cellular. cell. Yeah, at a cellular yeah, yeah. level. But so if you're, you're a totally about. continuous state unconscious and you're separating that form, that you know, these particular things aren't happening inside of us and outside of us at that microcosm, then there is a separation. So there is a polarity effect that starts to actually occur, right? So we have a, we have another guest. <laughs> That'll be you. Okay, I don't know what that was, Kai. I think that came in the the EA. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> love love the technical. I would have enjoyed that. <laughs> that, was, that was a good pattern interrupt. But on that, Kelly, basically the the way that that's been seen is I understand whether it be yogis, especially what you're referring to is they have the ability to um, actually change the flow of their blood. They could at, at will shut you know turn their heart off or shut their heart down, so to speak. Um, which is essentially just a lot of a lot of spiritual practice and a state of presence to be able to get to that stage. But there are people that have demonstrated that ability, so to speak. Wim Hof is another one in regards to breath work and what he can actually put his body through at extreme mm -hmm. cold levels mm -hmm. um, and meditations so that would be showing up in that form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, to me, that's a form of uh, quantum entanglement, right? That you're able to have governance over the particular particles um, that that actually operate and assist with, you know, those particular things, like in terms of temperature in your body, etc. But you know, less quantum entanglement is really a physical phenomenon that occurs in, when a pair or a group of particles is generated, like they they interact or share. Um, spatial proximity in a way uh, that the quantum state of each particle or pair or group cannot be described independently to, of the state of others, right? Including when the particles are separated by large distance. So, you know, Einstein is famous for this spooky action at a distance, right? Where he, he basically had a, had a particle that he was, he was actually doing something with and then he had another particle that was entangled with that particle and they moved it into a separate room. And when they shifted the spin of this particle in one particular room, the other particle in another room actually complemented that spin, spin, right, to create the whole. So, you know, we have to look at those particular things, um, but we know that they're entangled. So therefore it creates a whole. And that's where we call zero point energy actually comes from in that format, right? Or equilibrated energy. So yeah. if you go back to like your dad, 
in, in him being having this energy you could say that um, you know his spin was actually spinning in one direction your spin is spinning in the other direction but together you create this zero zero spin energy right? mm. so you're still creating a hole in that format so, now we can we can also look at how quantum entanglement we can take something that's practical quantum entanglement right from um um satellites right Go you know, on. Like we look at how we can have a conversation between uh you know we're doing zoom right now and you know how is this being transported through the quantum field or through the l fields and and you know it's creating these waves and particles that is creating communication and so satellites work in that format too you know the same as these forms of telecommunications so this is this is one of the beautiful things that i love to actually bring up when i'm really teaching the aspects of metaphysical quantum entanglement and how the life outside of you is directly correlated to life inside of you right and you know what is actually creating that which we can't see in what which we perceive that we can't visualize or see or conceptualize with our own eyes or our uh, physiology is still happening you know at a quantum level we're talking about like quantum quantum mechanics in atoms um, and waves and particles so there's these fields that are actually between us and uh, they're sometimes called morphogenic energy fields or L fields or Schumann layers or Chapman layers or you know there's so many different names to it mm-hmm. but there's this fabric of space-time that is actually a communication process that is creating this holistic universe, right? And then I believe that what's actually the the components that is actually creating that communication is electromagnetic. So we have positive and negative poles, right? So we could say that you know in every aspect there is this level of holism that is that is in actuality occurring, mm, mm. but it's only our mind that separates it mm-hmm. i bet you love that little that little bit <laughs> i bet you love... <laughs> there was a i i remember the day i was in bali and um you were starting to go off riffing like this and you're just completely fucking losing me but that was the day when my um i had a I had a real shift into i even said to you like oh man like we've got to put a pause on the abstract stuff because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of changing too far, so to speak, because I'm, you know, I was getting so just overwhelmed. And um, that day, I'm pretty sure is when you, you, you sent me off and you know, we'll go research um, the boson collider, I think I believe it's called and, um, and uh, the Higgs field and consciousness. And then that just took me on another trajectory to where I am at now. So now I have a real understanding to the to the degree of when to tap in and use and go into the abstract and, and then when to also be in the finite because you can really get lost. And because it's mm-hmm. a never-ending journey, you really got mm-hmm. to start to know when to just, you live, you're eating potato chips day to day or, you know, how to play those worlds, if that makes sense. But I'll put it... Um, a YouTube video to the Higgs field for the people that love mm. consciousness and, and yeah. going into that. And Great. then um, I'll put up another, put up another note in the show notes to um, 
up, upload our hermetic series into the podcast of which hasn't been done yet i'll put it up as a as a seven part series which i think people get a lot yeah. of value from that'll be really um, cool so they can get some backgrounding in in actually you know the meaning of entanglement and you know the hermetic principles and yeah. how that all plays a role yeah those are podcasts that um if you, you don't might have to listen to each one each one's about an hour but um if you listen to it over and over a couple of times you'll start to send you on a new trajectory but you said before um you know, anti particle, antiparticle, we can look at that as um, photon and electron. No, correct me if I'm wrong with terms. No, no, electron, proton. Proton, electron creates a photon. Got yep. it. So um, when we're looking at a re reflective awareness, because I'm now wanting to bring a little bit more like to my to, to day to day, I was doing like a sales call and I'm getting an objection from a, prospect right if they are giving me an objection around let's just say it's money the money objection and i have an infatuation with money or my my nightmare is not being not having finances would you be able to unpack what's happening at the behavioral level the trait level the reflective component to that and that's why it's showing up do you get where i'm going with that the quantum level sure you're looking, you're looking for the tension between the pairs of opposites right sure so if 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 you look at an entangled system and we we want to create a whole and for example you're a you're a salesperson but yet you can't actually make a sale is that what you're asking okay, or you're I'll getting or you're, I'll, I'll or you're getting pushback pushback but I'll, I'll reframe it there's people marketers and sellers that will say if you have um, a belief that um, you don't have money, then you're going to attract that objection from people. One, is that true? And if we can say to a degree that's true, why is that? What's happening at the quantum level? Oh my God, Ben, you totally want these finite answers, you know, like into- Well, I'm here. To, to, <laughs> deliver, to deliver the, the answers in that form, but it's, it's completely, impossible to give you one particular answer to that don't, don't give me one then unpack it in, in five <laughs> ways that create the one all in the many so give me give me a, an actual real life example that i can yeah, yeah okay so use that one so if i again if if um someone is attached to a financial outcome why is it that they quite often will attract a money objection okay so if if they are unfinancial and but yet they're trying to actually sell something but they have a belief system that they are not worthy of actually receiving so they're going to continually get the pushback because that's the the repression inside of them is going to be expressed on the outside form to bring to bring it into a holistic state right so anything that you are repressing inside of you will be expressed on the outside so if you're getting pushback in that formation, it, it's looking going back into yourself is that you, do I have a belief system that I'm not worthy of receiving because I'm, I'm, I'm getting that pushback. So I'm getting the feedback that I'm not worthy of receiving. So wisdom is to actually go and look at inside of yourself and what is the belief system or the driving force or the unintegrated shame and guilt that you have from the past that is actually storing that within your system to continue to get the feedback. Mm, because this right. is where I see, you know, I said to you the other day, Kelly, that 
with at least within the world of of consulting marketing coaching that world that when it comes to business coaches that they will deliver all the business side of things but i keep finding this trend come up or has for many years that when these coaches say what questions or what do you want answers to what do you want help with it's very rarely ever the strategies and tactics it's the you know i have the fear i'm procrastinating i'm overwhelmed it's all the emotional things and they do try and um deliver content on it and help on it but now i i, I just got my biased view it just seems so vanilla it doesn't really get to the root cause and if you don't quite get to a root cause then you still spend yourself going around in circles and this is also my direct experience which has been my last how many years six years along that journey as well well, well, I guess, you know, like where, where we're going in terms of our teachings and, and these particular conversations is we're, we're looking way beyond, you know, like the vanilla aspects of what is actually being delivered out there in mainstream perceptional thought and um, strategies as such, right? So you talk about really defining the cause and we, this, is, this is really where you want to go back and you look at it at the microscopic level of finding true aspects of causation is cause and effect. The, the cross-correlation between tension of opposites or the pairs of opposites, cause and effect, right? So if we go back through time and space and we find the initial unintegrated, separated perception that has more charge parity than um, integration, that's going to be stored within the system, which is going to be requiring to get this constant state of feedback to awaken that there's an unintegrated part. Nature in its truest form, and we are just nature, is looking to consistently abhor a vacuum to integrate pairs of opposites, to integrate particles, to come into a state of zero point or um, integ pure integration, you know, like uh, unicity. Uh, equilibrium because that's where the that's where the highest form of evolutionary growth can actually occur now this may sound really really deep but to simplify it if we pretty much say that you know I've got low self-worth and so therefore I'm polarizing myself in one direction we could say is negative towards a negative pole in electromagneticism and therefore, I am creating a charged part, a, a charge to the opposite. So then if we go and look at, we put a person in front of us that we're trying to make a sale to, but I, I have low self-worth, the other person is going to give you pushback, right? You're altruistic, they're going to be narcissistic. So they're going to say no, right? They're going to hold their space and they'll say no. And you'll say, oh, fuck, I can't make a sale, right? But really deep inside of you, there is this causation that is low self-worth, we could say is the altruist, which is attracting the narcissist to continue to say no until you can actually go back and actually integrate what is the cause and effect specifically that's holding you back from receiving in a balanced form. Yeah. And, or, and everything that you just said was, man, does that, is, man, is that where the transformation lies? you know yeah. and, and going beyond the vanilla because I, I wrote a note here as far as some some further context you know if, if you have a if you have a past we'll just call it a business failure or you're calling it a failure because you're only seeing it perhaps as a financial failure that when you go and try and start up another business or a venture and you're wondering why you're procrastinating or you're staying in the the building phase and not actually the getting to market phase 
well, if you're not conscious to the cause of why that's happening, because you've got this attached pain to the business failing, then that's what needs to go back and being integrated. Now, if we just park that for a second, I've used this analogy before, I believe I got this from um, Dr. Martini, that when he was thinking about, when he was reading the book, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Kelly uh, Leibniz, whatever his first name is, and he was thinking that, you know, when you, when you slam a, an electron and a proton together, the birth light is a photon. And he was thinking, well, you know, if you quote unquote slammed a positive and a negative emotion together, it births enlightenment. And that is what Kelly's talking about as far as integration. You're, you're taking uh, a, a positive and negative and putting it together as an integration. And there's no more charge in that anymore. So an example of that, again, is going back to that business example of Kelly was coaching you through something. She'd take you back to that quote unquote business failure. And she would get you to neutralize or equilibrate that memory by looking at, okay, where, where did you gain in that experience? Two, qualitative and quantitative to a degree where you are, have neutralized it. And then you'll find that you just implement if it's to do with the business or whatever it happens to be. So that's in all areas of life, but that's where I've experienced through my own experience, the biggest growth and transformation that, yeah, it's, it's been huge. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful started band. It is exactly that, you know, like we have these unconscious components that we, we don't see because if we're so charged in our emotions and we can say charged particles, and emotions are polarities, right? And, you know, because we are electromagnetic in nature and it, our emotions, and it, which are driven by our belief systems, are in the avoidance of pain and seeking pleasure. We, we, we form these judgments and we, we, in, we it's really hard for me to actually go back to that state now because like I, I've just been doing this for so long. I've trained myself to see, you know, both sides at, at any given moment. And, but I go back to memories where I was particularly so charged and I was judgmental as fuck towards people and, you know, perceiving that I, you know, wasn't receiving business when I was back running many, many businesses, et cetera, or, I'd, and so I'd store these charges in terms of judgment and call people motherfuckers and all these particular things because they weren't buying my products or buying my services. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with them, right? And holding in states of judgment. But when I went back to actually integrate those forms to bring myself back into a state of equilibrium so that I increased my self-worth, I, I had to go back in time and space and go back to those memories of those judgments and source the opposing force in those moments. Now, it requires a state of presence to be able to, and some syntax to be able to go back to that state. And when you truly can get there, those pairs of opposites show up, right? They are there. And you start to realize that everything is in order. The only reason that we create disorder is through our mind and our unconscious emotions tend to cloud our perceptions. But in actuality, pure actuality, there is equilibrium all the time, right? It's just hidden 
in our perception, but in actuality, it is in in equity. Mm. And th- this is a real a real mind fact because not this only is the paradox mind- theory, right? Like the the paradox. Yeah. Yeah, because when I've tried to explain this to a few people and tried using a few different analogies, and if, if, if someone's really polarized, they just can't really struggle to get their head around this. But as they start to become more neutral in the emotions, they start to get it. Because when I try and explain the difference, so well, what's the difference between reality and actuality? And the way I explain it is reality is your, your confirmation, your bias, the way you see the world, your lens, so to speak, and actuality is just what is. So when I'm talking about like, oh, a car crash is happening, well, a car crash is just, say, happening. But if you um, are in that car crash, you're going to view it as your reality and someone might view that event as something else. Someone might call it good. Someone might call it bad, right? And it's when we look at things through our reality do we split. We split our mind into a positive and negative, unintegrated, and this is where we, get, where we start storing emotions as memories right and uh yeah and my my obsession that um over the last especially a year and beyond that is what can i do to seek an objective mind or or a new a more like a we'll call it the because kelly will pull me up a, a ratio of perception between one and four and i'll call that some a less volatile mind that's essentially what i've been trying to achieve and when we look at that, though, there's many things that come into trying to achieve a more of a less volatile mind. It's not only the way that you perceive events or, or memories or how you view the world, but it's also your physiology. And this is the journey that I'm on at the moment, trying to clean up my physiology. Because what happened the other day was, and I think I see this on the other podcast, was if I wake up in the morning, have a black coffee, Americana, right? Well, that's going to stimulate the adrenal glands. Then if I go and have a challenging conversation or I have a memory that's triggering some stress, that further stimulates the adrenal glands and cortisol, which is polarizing myself further. Now, if, you are, uh, if you've got cortisol and adrenaline going in the body, they're stress hormones, which means you're more into fight or flight. So, and then you're more into a, a fear, right? So now how can you actively achieve and plan and, and, and have a fulfilling day going forward if you're in that state. So as I was starting to piece this together, I was like, shit, I really need to look at my food and what I'm eating and drinking. So now I only have one Americano a day, not two. And then we would look at what's your posture like? So it's like, as I start to, you know, there's so many pieces to this. Now, one thing that might be coming up for people is, man, this is just all fucking overwhelming. And that's why Kelly quite wisely puts into looking at the four, four um, levels of feedback from physiology to psychology to sociology and theology. So if you've got something going on in the body, like, again, my, my feedback for physiology was, um, well, I'm feeling very edgy, you know, because I'm having my adrenal glands are, are, are pumping. That would be wise to then go look at what's how then does it affect my psychology and this is the feedback that you start getting if you ignore that feedback well it's going to lead to the the largest what kelly likes to call a what a cataclysmic event where you really get slapped in the face either through murphy's law as a real waking you up to like hello you need to look at this and this is why people show up at doctors through health problems through 
business problems, relationship problems. That's that theology. That's that universal wake up to go. No, you're you're way outside of where you should be right now. It shows up in divorces. So that's been my view on it. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that was quite a bit. Ben, now you start to riff off like me. Like it's. <laughs> It was good. I was just doing a bit like, okay, what's my journey been like? But yeah. Okay. Then if we if we you know, come back to let's go back to hermetic principles. And if you're not understanding that, please we'll put in the show notes where you can go and and go back and sort of uh, take the journey to get a bit of understanding on that. Um, the all within the all, right? And all is encompassing. And we come back you know, and look at the laws of correspondence, conservation laws, laws of polarity, laws of rhythm, uh, laws of gender, law of cause and effect, is that they're all entangled. There is no separation between, between any of them. Now, the number one driving force of that, if we come to like the all is mental, right? And there is this, there's this wonderful, uh, we could say belief system that has now surfaced that our universe is actually panpsychic, right? So therefore it is all conscious. Now, when we understand the elements of panpsychism and we look at that there is this collective consciousness that we're all tapping into. And let's just say that our mind is not inside of our body, it's inside and outside of our body. And that collective consciousness is part of a universal order or system that is uh, playing within us and outside of us as above, so below, as so within, as so without in terms of hermetic principles too as well. But us as a human being and our, us as in this human existential form, our brain is also connected to this collective consciousness or the panpsychic uh, universe in terms of collective all governing, all encompassing consciousness. So when we understand that construct and we look at that all particles do have an element of consciousness too, there is, we start to actually see the entanglement and how it can actually work. But what we have as a human being is our perceptions, our mind to be able to create governance and to be able to create cause and effect. So we can become the very uh, we can become the creators of our own being we can become the causation to our very effect so therefore we do have an element of being in control to be able to bring wellness and well-being in in a in in a way that can um, give us access to be able to create and cause the highest level of vitality when you think about vitality, like vital forces is also electromagnetic in nature, creating equilibrium within our body. Because the only real things that we have control over is our, is our perceptions, actions and decisions. So and there's one thing that I do teach is like a feedback loop in understanding that all is perceptional, right? So everything begins with our perceptions. It is our, it is our perceptions that give rise to our physiological feedback, our, our feelings, right? And then we have to interpret what those feelings mean through our perceptions. And then we make a decision on how we're going to respond or react 
if we're awake and we're conscious, we will respond with um, hopefully an equilibrated mind. If we're unawake and we're unconscious, we will react with a disequilibrated unconscious mind that will, will consistently be the cause to unintegrated, disequilibrated, polarized states within our physiology. Does that make sense? Now, it doesn't mean that we're, you know, that I'm some kind of guru that has governance over everything. No, I'm still a human being in the existential form that is still has elements of levels of unconsciousness that still requires feedback to be able to learn, to be able to help the evolutionary process, to be able to integrate, to grow. That's our journey here, right? So, but coming full circle back, the only thing that we really have control over is our perceptions, decisions, and actions. And our perceptions are the governing force to everything that we do or don't do. Mm. Yeah, beautifully said. That's, and that takes me back to the very, when I was 25, six years ago, uh, when I was slamming my head against the wall metaphorically on trying to achieve what I want. And when I had first heard this whole, you know, the only thing we have control over is our um, perceptions, decisions, and actions. This is what really took me down the human behavioral path because it's like, well, perceptions, behavior, like if we want a result and reverse engineer it, that result requires an, act, an action to get the outcome. But if you can't do the action, whether it be uh, implementing a business strategy, whether it be uh, exercise, whether it be a, a you know a state in a relationship, it starts at our perception, and that's my last six years, which has been huge. So, so thanks for kind of um, touching on that, Kelly. Um, so yeah, in, in understanding that when when we have some form of feedback, right? So the feedback we could say is an entanglement to our perception so if we're getting what we are labeling like a neg negative feedback wisdom is to go great you know like that is entanglement to a polarity that's inside of me that i'm not seeing the opposing force right so where can i actually look for that inside of me and what what is occurring now we we wanted to talk about the physiological aspects of our body and how everything is entangled within that right so we were talking the other day because like I've had this um, physiological feedback in my own body, which is my hip and my hip flexor and uh, adductor muscle in my left hip has, has been giving me some feedback. And it has been in a state of disequilibration. So therefore there is an inequity, it's imbalanced. So therefore it's created a weakness, right? Within that, within that area. So strength has been diminished in that particular area, just in that area. Now, um, the interesting factor is that I went to work on what is the actual, the psychophysiology that was associated to the components of the hip. So we look at the action and inaction of that joint and what it actually means to a person and the area based around like um, directly correlated in terms of uh, you know, we can say root chakra areas, what that particularly means metaphysically. And there's a whole lot of other work that we could go deep into on that. And that I'd love to, if you want to riff off on that sometime. And, and, and then understanding potential, the potentiality of what that message of that feedback is trying to reveal to you, right? 
So I went deep into actually looking at the integrative components of that. What was the metaphysical aspects? What was the psychophysiology of the hip and the associated, uh, you know, we could say intrinsic driving muscles and extrinsic driving muscles as well. The strength, uh, the strength muscles, and what are that and antagonist? The what are they called? And you're the you're the physio antagonist the, and whatever the other one is. I don't know. Protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can see that there is still opposing forces in every part of every every aspect of our body has an opposing force in it. Now, I went to work on this, and um, in my perception, had a beautiful integration where there was a sense of gratitude and love for, for what was actually occurring in my life. Now, I also, what was fascinating to me was that because of the level of integration that was actually required for this part is that what was revealed to me was that there was this tension between opposites just to hold that hip together. And the moment that I integrated that, those tension between the opposites actually let go. And they also came back into a state of equilibrium. Now, in perception, we call it injury or disease, right? Because, uh, you know, my knee blew up and basically let go. And then on the opposing force, like my QL on the right side and my um, obliques on, the, on the, the back side of my back, which were holding my hip in, in equilibrium. So in essence, there was still balance in my body because these other, other opposing forces were holding the tension between like the weakness in the middle. And, uh, but, you know, when I got this, it was so beautiful to see, you know, I was like, thank you, Nee, for being able to hold my body together and then look at the, looking at the part of that. And literally when that let go, I couldn't walk. And I had this 24-hour period that I was completely, you know, lost the use of, you know, I couldn't walk, I had to get on crutches, et cetera. Now, and then bringing it into awareness, like where was the opposing force like to my knee and what was its purpose of, of um, being able to let go in, in the formation that it did? And it awakened such a state of um, consciousness to it and such a state of, you know, this whole overview effect of understanding that I just went to work. I could see the pairs of opposites actually happening within, within the system. And literally 24 hours later, I was, the, the swelling had gone down in my knee and I was able to actually walk again. And it's coming to a state of gratitude and integrating all these components within my physiology by using my perception, right? And going full circle back to where we were talking about understanding that the inner life within yourself at that microscopic level gave me such an understanding to what was actually occurring to be able to look at the pairs of opposites and to integrate those that's yeah. how you can that's how you bring wholeness and healing to your own system i don't think we have um dedicated a podcast to it or maybe we we should or, or, or shouldn't but this is where um you, you we've discussed before um i was about to call you sally kelly <laughs> about um memories being stored uh within cells mm -hmm. and or unintegrated parts we could also say and so this is why we can get the physiological feedback as well but 
um, correct me if, correct me if I'm because you you mentioned this to me the other day, but you know if someone's has poor posture, can we say that? I'm not even going to try and make this finite. Actually, I was going to say, is that mine, or is that someone sitting down and, and creating that poor posture? Well, it's both, because to sit down and sit in that way is still a, a a mental decision to choose to do that. So I'm not going to go down that path. But yes, when we look at memories that get stored in um, as as emotions in the cell, that's when we can also look at disease or uh, tightness within cells within the body. Remember, remember that we've got at least 50 if not more trillion cells in the body that's uh, a lot going on inside the body so to speak but i'm not going to go uh, again we'll just get lost if we just continue <laughs> to that rabbit hole. but one, one thing that i wanted to kind of bring bring back uh to awareness is that you know kelly has been doing this work for a long time so for those that are kind of listening and whether you're overwhelmed or inspired um you know, it's just it's just taking time of reflection or reflection or awareness and the the time to do the work. Just like someone loves going to exercise and increasing their fitness or their strength. Um, although Kelly does that as well, her form of form of exercise, as far as her vision and mission, is raising consciousness of all sentient being, beings, which includes herself. So she has a bias to doing this work and integrational work. So I just wanted to kind of to us mere mortals out there. <laughs> Um, but again, this if one thing that has made a point of the biggest impact of my transformation is around this reflective awareness. Mm. Owning traits within others that you see that you judge, whether you're infatuated with them or resent them, and find out where you do it to the same. Now, this is where um, I have found in myself and other people, we get really attached to forms though, don't we, Kelly? Because you'll say, well, where do you do that? I don't do it because we're just focused so hard on that form of how someone's expressed that trait. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, that's our, you know, biases and unconscious biases and the belief systems. But in the essence, we could look at traits, uh, you know, quantum particles as well, if you want to break it all down into the subsets, is that, um, you know, it's... It, to quantify what, what you're saying is pretty difficult for me to be able to do this, but we, we just call that each human being has a subset of traits that they actually express their lives by, right? And you could go to the Webster's Dictionary and you'll find this 4,700 traits in there in terms of language and, and um, what we do or don't do in terms of action or inaction. And that's where our judgments actually come from, right? Because... We, we, we look at things, we filter, we filter our reality through our belief systems or our biases or what our conditioning has been, right? But, but that's, that's, that's what we call reality, but it's not actuality, right? Actuality is what is actual, what is actually there, what is, what, what is, but reality is uh, unconscious and subconscious components that are that are only looking at at small components or sectional components of things, right? And it's not seeing the whole of everything. And you know, once I started to actually learn this aspect, which we could say is you know quantum quantum field theory, quantum mechanics, like quantum quantum 
<laughs> like quantum philosophy, I'm just going to call it right. Um, it just really expands your consciousness to be able to to be able to integrate at such a deeper level, which, you know, the purpose of this really is it just gives you such a fucking, fucking new way of actually living life. Mm, mm. And, and again, it, yeah, beautifully said. And it's this whole, when, when Kelly and I first met and then we had done the um, Inception Masterclass, the whole premise to that was wanting to really help people raise the, the self-governance and when we had broken down the word um, governance is essentially, you know, having, I don't really like the word control, but so I'll just use governance. <laughs> but control is another word you could use for it. Governance is a bit more empowering over your life. So you can have an overview effect of your life and really start to get this. Uh, if you've seen that Lucy movie, that Lucy-like quality to look almost down on your life and go, okay, there's my relationships and, as Kelly says, vectors, I just say, fuck, say direction. You're looking <laughs> down on your life and you're going, okay, that relationship's affecting that. My exercise, if I do that, that's going to polarize my physiology. Then I'm going to want to eat like that. And so you can really look down on your life and get a real mastery over it, which is extremely uh, fulfilling and empowering. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you know. Um, I know that this is going to be a little bit controversial to a lot of people and hard and a little bit complex to understand because it's quite paradoxical in nature. Um, but if you, if you can just allow yourself to, you know, maybe consider that there is a truth that where what Ben and I are actually talking about here, you can go and research this and put all the, the aspects together. And there's so many uh links to the, the greatest scientists that are actually out there that have delved deep into like quantum quantum physics and and like the quantum world and, and linking all of this into our perception or our psyche or our you know psychology and our physiology you know our einstein he's great gone you know everybody knows him but also probably look at um like erwin schrodinger like paul dirac and then, you know, there's also Max Planck, you know, like Planck's, Planck's theory is just one of the most beautiful things that's helped to develop the theory of quantum mechanics and like quantum theory that, that maintains, you know, the aspects of what energy is. And um, really they still can't give an, an exact thing of what energy is. They only know what energy can do, but we could, you know, we'd go back to full circle to you talking about energy with your dad too, you know, like it's, and looking at the, 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 the actual interchangeable forms of these particular things, right? And then bringing in nature and uh, putting nature on top of that. And then we, we can then bring in the, the mechanistic side of things, you know, and the, the vitalistic side of things. And we see that those two things are not actually separated, but yet, the, um, the Western world wants to separate those. And this is where we see Western medicine actually is still largely governed by a belief system that we must fix discrete parts and then rather than address whole systems, right? So we could say that that's still, um, you know, Newtonian in terms of the way that we look at just a mechanistic component and we're not really looking at reductionist yeah it is a reductionist way of thinking but you know we we, we can put uh you know 
the the vitalists and the reductionists together and they're not separate like to me nothing is separated everything is integrated we all have all parts we are all quantum in our being and if you break us down into the smallest part of our subatomic particles we are all the same as everything that is in nature we are the all within the all and when you it, to me, it's just such a beautiful place to actually come from and to be able to sit in. It's, it's humbling. It is extremely humbling. It's, um, it's, I laugh. It's quite amazing. Um, I see, you know, this reductionist view as this whole reverse engineering view, right? And when, I look, when you look at diets, when you look at courses online, you know, you and I have discussed this linear model of learning. You can actually start to see a real global view through education through health this reduction view or this reverse engineering view on how to achieve something or, or get this health on something right mm -hmm. um one of the was the, the sam ovens you know it, people love it because this self this reverse engineering view because it's like it, people feel this sense of um if I just do it in this step, I'll get the outcome I want. They, they're trying to look for this meaning in this real um, predictable process to get said outcome. Do you get where I'm going to go with that? Mm, kind of. Yeah, kind of? <laughs> well, I get, it's like with me, you, you, you've said to me before, you know, you're, you're trying to um, give meaning to everything. You're trying to make sense of everything. Um, and that's why it's having so much detail or a linear process to raise the, pro the probability of, of getting an outcome. It's the same thing. It's like self-preservation. No? Yes. Yeah. So I'm yes, saying when you, look at, when you look at what's being sold online or what's promoted so much, it is that reverse engineered way, this linear process to achieve something. Mm -hmm. To look that's after the masses that, that have want that self-preservation, that want the high probability you know that's why you get people that that are looking to buy something they go show me the testimonials how will i know it'll work for me they're looking for this the okay. sense of will it work yeah so the let's just break it down the underlying component of that is to uh sell fear and to create you know like it's heaven and hell we could say that marketing is a, a form of religion is by yeah. understanding the the basic polarity of the human psyche is to avoid pain and seek pleasure so if we're going to reverse engineer something that we're going to solve our problem for somebody is to give them a heaven over hell isn't it there we go that's what i was trying to say <laughs> So I was trying to yeah. I was trying to go for the reductionist and trying to explain it in my yeah. direct experience. Yeah. But, but yeah. really that still is creating a hole, right? In yeah. the perception of the person, they've got this hell going on because there is something missing in their perception that they require to actually bring in to create some element of business or some element of creating leads or some element of creating income. Yeah. So and again, it's, it's attachment. If you're infatuated with an outcome, problem solution. It, yeah, that's. But that's also the, another feedback to go. Okay, I'm being um, 
that, that's just another feedback system to go oh okay like oh this is happening like if you if i like let's just say because my one of my highest values is finances that if i'm getting elated over uh, um oh i'll give you a real life example so cryptocurrency which i started to look into yesterday right and i was talking to a friend and he's like oh my my portfolio went up 180k hundred eighty thousand dollars last night and i'm kind of going Oh, okay. And I've been biased not to want to learn about cryptocurrency because I quote unquote wasn't ready to to go into that. And um, I could feel myself getting elated. Now that now because I'm aware of this work, I was like, ah, okay, well, if I wasn't aware of it, I would have gone out and tried to buy courses, find a savior in that that form to sell me the red pill, so to speak, so I can get the outcome of finances that is typically how the world works you have a void you're looking for a savior to get the outcome pretty much heaven and hell well let me feed you the sugar right so having having that awareness is beautiful because in the moment you can equilibrate that therefore you're not being driven by that lower-minded aspect the small self within you or the limbic system and you're not switching off the prefrontal cortex, the higher-minded uh, aspect that has the ability to be able to integrate. And therefore, remember, you only have control over your, your perceptions, your decisions, and your actions. So in that moment, your perception came online, right? It's like, oh, I can see that there's sugar being sold to me here, which is going to give me a quick fix which is giving me a dopamine serotonin hit, or it's also giving me the, uh, the heaven and I'm avoiding hell in the perception that of self-preservation, I'm going to die if I don't have this money, right? So, but your perception came online with now what you know to give you the ability to go into what I call the third space to integrate the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex, bring them together to awaken your integrated decision-making process. You see both sides and then you can make an objective decision on how you're going to act. Yeah. That, yeah. Is, that is a high form, highest form of consciousness. And, and, and to add a layer on that, how are you going to act sustainably? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because, because that's what sustainable is going to yield uh, I'm going to say it's a more sustainable outcome. Like you see this in, in diets, you know, an unsustainable well, diet. What 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 it is crea- what it is creating? We just go back to like physics, right? Is it's creating syntropy. So it's it's avoiding entropy, and it's creating syntropy. So it's creating life physics, and you know. It's, it's avoiding death physics. It's not, it's not really avoiding this death physics, but it's, it's not polarizing you towards death. Yeah, again, that neutrality. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Exactly, yeah. That's my bias. My bias so oh, how the hell, we, we ended up, we ended up on, on quantum entanglement to talking about cryptocurrency. My God. Well, you know, <laughs> our life is, this the, 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 hilarious thing you and i keep discussing is this whole specialist generalist well since when do you go and seek all entangled yes since when do you go seek mentorship in business and think that your relationships don't affect your business your food doesn't affect your business exercise breath 
it's all connected and sure it might be more of a a mission for for individuals like kelly and i because it's way more evolved to um, try and master all areas of life yeah um but that is that's the truth so the, the beautiful part of this is that there is also something that you might want to consider studying is called quantum holism and this really looks at the entanglement of everything and what ben is saying is absolutely beautiful is that we cannot negate one part for the other if you're a business person an entrepreneur it doesn't matter who you are it's wisdom to be able to integrate all parts into your being love it awesome i'll we'll wrap it up there in the show notes guys i'll put in the video of that the cell video what's going on in the cell it's just a, a, a small animation but it's pretty cool to watch and a video around the higgs field especially if you're looking at where does the mind and where does consciousness actually sit well this could be a theory within the higgs field um so yeah thanks kelly for another great conversation and uh, you're welcome and we'll uh, see you guys on another see you next time, next time. Awesome. Ciao. Ciao.